Hello, friends. I am Chase Jarvis. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. This show is where I sit down with the world's top creatives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, and I unpack actionable and damn well better be valuable insights with the goal of helping you live your dreams in career, in hobby, and in life. I am pumped up. I record these on Monday. And it is Monday. It's a it's a cloudy Monday, but you know what? I got tons of energy. I'm bringing it today. It has been broughten, and our guest is one of the reasons that I'm so freaking exciting on this show. The guest is Tina Roth Eisenberg, aka Swiss Miss. If you know anything about design, if you if you can smell design, you know Tina and her work. Her name Swiss Miss because she is a Swiss designer, moved to New York to pursue a design career. She was well under her way there and started playing around this thing called community and this thing called the internet. And lo and behold, she built a massive following and used that following as a lever to transition out entirely out of designing for clients and instead designing experiences, designing companies, if you will, and living an amazing life. She is so fr- Freaking inspirational. Um, actually, her superpower, if you ask her what her superpower is, she would tell you it's enthusiasm. And she will remind you that enthusiasm is so exciting because enthusiasm is enthusiasm for other people rather than, say, confidence, which is about yourself. That will just give you a little sneak peek into her psychology. She is such a warm, fuzzy, awesome person. In this episode, Tina and I talk a lot about scratching your own itch. This is some core entrepreneurial advice that I dole out all the time, and that is not to chase something, some random market opportunity. It's very much about focusing on something that you care about. Tina also has this theory that I think many of you will love, which is this. If you aim to start a business, why not not start a business first? Why not just experiment with it? Why not take it as a hobby? Work work it as something that is just a side project for you to enjoy before going from zero to business. Uh, I think it's great advice, and she shares with us how she's done that for, I think, five companies, something like that. Um, she's got an amazing app. It's a to-do list, if you guys want to check that out. It's called To-Do, D-E-U-X, the old... Um, uh, what would that have the French twist on there? She's also got a co-work space called Friends Work Here. It used to be called something different. I'm, I'm forgetting what it used to be called right now. But she is perhaps most recently well-known, extremely well-known, as in like massive feature in the New York Times around a new company that she has been working on for a couple of years now called Tatley. You have heard of Temporary Tattoos. Well, this is the woman that blew that concept out of the water. It's the ones that all all the celebrities are wearing. They got pop-up shops. And I just, I watched a forklift loading Tatley temporary tattoos into the back of a semi truck because she's shipping so many of these things. I have worn them. I've worn the one that says hustle and I took a picture of it and it's on my feed somewhere. You guys should check it out. Anyway, she is the creator behind that amazing brand, which I've just seen featured so many places lately. And There's something about Tina that you will grasp immediately, and that is this sort of infectious positivity around helping you understand what you're great at. She is so infectious and influential in nudging you in that direction. If you have any sort of, actually, let me rephrase this. If you definitely don't want to start something new or creative or entrepreneurial, then don't listen 
to this episode because by the middle you will be you'll have like three or four companies in mind to start for yourself so i'm going to get out of the way here i'm going to get into the episode but before i do i would like to give you a word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by creative live creative live is the world's largest hub for online creative education education in photo video art design music and audio and the ability to make a living and a life in those disciplines it's the highest quality highly curated classes taught by the world's top experts we're talking pulitzer prize winners oscar winners grammy award winners new york times best-selling authors and the best entrepreneurs of our time Names like Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, Ariana Huffington are on the platform. And you get classes taught from guys like Tim Ferriss, Lewis Howes, uh, Ramit Sethi. I, again, I could list uh, a thousand other names of the top photographers, designers, musicians, the best in class. You get it. Now, right now, if you're familiar with me and my work, you might be saying, well, wait a minute. Isn't that a company that you started, Chase? Well, yes, it is. In fact, Creative Live makes this entire podcast possible. And in fact, all of my longstanding Chase Jarvis Live shows. Creative Live has millions of students around the the world more than 2 billion minutes of education have been consumed on that video platform so you know that's a little bit of the sort of the what and the how behind creative live but here's the why which i think is so critical creative live exists to help you live your dreams in career hobby and life in short i started creative live with a bunch of really committed friends because we saw a, a big need in the world we wanted to help our peers and friends and, and folks out there in the world transition to new careers live new dreams take the leap if you will into an entirely different sort of direction where you can leave that job, maybe your job with the man, and strike out on your own. I also saw my peers in the photo and design world needing to sort of up their skills and get ahead. And I saw friends who were happily working at great companies but wanted to pursue their hobby to a next level that you know might someday parlay into a side hustle. So we built that platform. Uh, these classes at Creative Live are the most highly and authentically produced of any of the online video platforms you'll experience the top experts it's all shot with 48 cameras all in hd beautifully presented and accessible on desktop tablet mobile you know i stand for quality and that's what creative live uh, puts out to that end i have also taken it upon myself to curate a handful of my very favorite classes and mix them in with some of the top performing classes on creative live and i'll bake that into a landing page called creativelive.com hustle just for you this community listens to our podcast here. So you should go there and you should check that out as a special thank you for being a podcast listener. If you find a class that you love, either from the ones that I've curated or elsewhere on the site, and you want to buy it, during checkout, enter the code CHASER. That's my name plus an R, just C-H-A-S-E-R. And do that during checkout and you'll get 25% off your order. Uh, I think that's awesome and I hope you do too. So thanks very much for checking it out. Let me know what you think. Now that's it for the sponsors. Uh, now let's get into the show. Thank you very much for, whoa, I almost kicked over the table. That way to start the show, thank you so much. Welcome to another episode of Chase Jarvis Live. My guest today, she is literally the reason that I ever had an internet presence. I looked at what she did online and was super inspired. She was a design force of nature. She moved from Switzerland to New York, had a job as a designer within 12 hours of landing and has never left since, and that was like 15 years ago. And then she did this really amazing thing. She got really sick of all her clients, so she dropped them all and turned to becoming an entrepreneur where she started not one, not two, not even three, but four amazing companies that we'll learn about today. Uh, you know her, I know her, and love her. Tina Roth 
Eisenberg, a.k.a. Swiss Miss. Woo! Yay! Thank you for having me. Please. When, when she left from New York and landed in San Francisco last night, I, got, I knew she was in town because I got a great text when she landed. It said, yay, California, exclamation <laughs> point. Like, here you are in California. I'm so happy to be here. Design week. And look um, at this. Yeah, standing packed. room only. It's totally <laughs> packed. Thank you guys for bearing with us. We don't have enough chairs. We didn't expect the, uh, the last minute steamroll, but um, this is about you, so welcome. Thank you. You're here. Yes, and you're wearing a tie. Yes, this is a, oh, thank you. This is the first time on any Chase Travis live show I've ever worn a tie. I felt inspired. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're actually, I don't want to give a precursor, but you're not done actually touching me. There's going to be some more There's touching, gonna be more touching. <laughs> later in the show, which we'll talk about that in yeah. a second. Uh, so I intro the show with the little story about you dropping into New York from Swiss yeah. to New York and... Twelve hours later, you had a job, and you were told you're never going to leave. Yeah, is and that, actually, the person that told me that happens to be in the audience. There's Matthew right there. Yeah, <laughs> I can't give a shout out. He doesn't. Where, where's the mic? We're going to go straight to a mic. I only hear the story from him. I, I, didn't, I didn't know I'd be put on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew was my first boss. He was your first boss, yeah. and t can you give us just uh, like a thirty-second version of what it was like when you met her for the very first time? Well, she had this amazing energy, and she was very open, and she was also very talented. And um, I've been to Germany, and I've been to Switzerland, and I'm a little bit of a psychic. I'm a Pisces. I don't know if you believe in astrology. <laughs> Bring it. All right. And I just blurted out to her. I said, uh, she, I asked her, what are your plans after school? And she said, well, I'm here in New York to see if I can find an internship, and I'll go back after six months. Three months. Or oh, three months, she said. All right. And I was like, no, Tina, you're going to stay here. You're never going to leave New York. This is your home. You're going to marry a nice Jewish guy, have kids. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't really self-edit, so I didn't realize that she was uh, offended <laughs> at that exchange. But she really felt that I was being presumptuous. Like, you just met me. How can you say something like that? That's very Swiss of her to think that. That yeah. wasn't it. Well, she didn't say that. She's yeah. Swiss, very polite. Right. And uh, you know, it's been a, such a pleasure and an honor to watch her career, Like to have someone that works for you. Like just surpass your, <laughs> just blow right blow by. Right, your, yeah, right. it's just a, it's. But that's amazing, the sign so. of really someone great. Thank you very yeah. much for sharing no the problem. story. Really appreciate it. And so it's true. I was wondering. He's like twelve hours. That's pretty. F so you landed in in New York, and the next morning you had a job interview, and yeah. Well, Matthew said I can sit down and start working, and I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, but yeah, he really did, and I I just graduated from graphic design school, and I was literally burned out. And I was hoping that it would take me a few weeks until I find an internship so I can enjoy New York. But nope, that didn't happen. So You went said, right into a design job with him. And yeah, and then, a few weeks later, they offered me a full-time job. Like, he offered me a full-time job. That's the shortest internship in the history of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm internally grateful because, I mean, now I'm, on the, I'm in Matthew's shoes and, and I take chances on young people. And I always think of Matthew, that, you know, that moment where he just figured, you know, let's try this, let's give her a chance. So he talks about being psychic. For the folks at home, it's a, it's a the, the audience here in the, in the live-in studio and the, the folks that are around the world tuning in right now, um, they're of the creative class. And if you could give them some advice, like when you're looking for someone to take a chance on, what's a, like, what do you look for? How do you know that this person has the, what it takes? Well, to He's me... He's psychic, but you have to have some sort of... 
<laughs> he forgot if he's psychic. He's definitely not psychic. If he if he can't remember if he's psychic or not. But what about you? You got it. Well, I, you know, I have I have like now a team of eighteen or nineteen, and a lot of them are in their early twenties. And to me, it all comes down to just when you get a sense that somebody is really hungry to just do good work. They really want to make a difference. They want to make a dent. Um, if I sense that and they have good personalities, at the end of the day, I don't really care about, you know, their resume. In the end of the day, what I always ask is, so what are your side projects? That's usually what I ask in a, in a job interview. Because if somebody has to hustle to self-initiate and start things on the side, that's the kind of personality I want to work with, right? Well, this is like perfect because that's the title of the show. Is like It's really all about that your side hustle, that your side gig, your side projects are the things that are going to make the difference in your career, are going to pick you to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so if I could be super explicit, that's something that you look for when someone's coming in. What if they say, I only want to work here and this is the only, this is my whole life. Um, is that, well, isn't that showing commitment? Isn't this a place where no, they the can be No, the reason why I ask that is because I'm a very unusual boss in that I give a lot of freedom. And if I have someone that needs a lot of guidance, if someone, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, sure. I just understand there's different types of how you work. Uh-huh. And there's people that want a lot of guidance, that want to be told all the time what they need to do. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not how I work. I like to give someone like sort of like a, like sort of clear directions on what their role are. But then there's freedom to just explore and, and put their own stamp on it and just be sort of, you know, a self-starter. And, and that side project question is really an indication that they are a self-starter because they got a bunch of interests. Yeah. Got it. Well, speaking of a bunch of interests, there's somebody I know who has a bunch of interests. And I, I've, <laughs> I've been to New York twice in the last month to spend some time with you. And you're always in a different, so she's basically, you have the whole floor of this place in Brooklyn. Not almost. Almost. You have the whole floor, I'll strike that. And <laughs> you're never in one place, you're always, you're bouncing all over the place. Do you think that's a, an asset for creative? Because I was told my whole career that you had to pick one thing and be the best at it. And like you, I rejected that premise. And I, I think believe, we're very similar in that I, regard. Yeah, that's why I wanted you on the show. It makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> no, but like... Isn't it true? And don't you find that in design community, you're told that you have to be the best illustrator, the best actor, the best you know, at typeface, and that isn't it? Isn't that sort of limiting? And isn't it? Aren't we a part of a new chapter now? No, I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you need to know what works for you, though, right? I just know if I'm just the best user interface designer, I wouldn't be happy because that would not be enough for me, right? So what I want to be the best at is being the most enthusiastic person that motivates teams and maybe comes up with new ideas, right? So that's my goal of being the best at. So I, that's what I aspire to, right? So in some sense, that applies. Yes. It's just not on being a graphic designer, per se. Well, that it dovetails nicely with what the, the opening segment, if you felt that enthusiasm for you. And I think if that's, if I'm not mistaken, you're well known for asking this question of if you could you know, what is your superpower? I think we actually have a graphic of you as, uh, what is, what's the name of your superhero? Uh, Captain Enthusiasm. Captain Enthusiasm. <laughs> I think maybe we've got, I don't know if we can got one up on the little. <laughs> can I just say that this is the weirdest thing ever, having to art direct an illustrator who I found on um, uh, De- Deviant Art of all places. Um, and I asked her, because I found a drawing of, the, this woman made a drawing of um, the Justice League. And I asked her if she could draw me as a superhero. And she's like, absolutely. 
What's your outfit? And I'm like, wait, what? I need, and so I ran you over. Your own I ran down to Tatley, my team Tatley. He's like, guys, if I was a superhero, what do I look like? And that was like one of my favorite ten minute conversations with my team I've ever had. Like one of the things that <laughs> um, I think Karen said, like, can you confetti cannons? Like. <laughs> <laughs> So just spend five minutes today thinking about if you had to art direct your superhero outfit, what it would look like. Collar, cape, no cape, you know, boots, no boots. Like, these are really important questions. I love it. But, but what it stands for, without a doubt, is what your strength is. And your strength, well, you have many strengths, and no one in this room would doubt that because I've been inspired by you on so many different levels. But enthusiasm is huge. Talk about how that like, permeates through your work. Well, I, I, so I've been thinking about the superpower thing a lot. And um, I've asked very successful people, what is your secret superpower? And what I've noticed is the, the, the very successful people could answer it right away. So it seems there is a correlation in between really recognizing what you're good at and then really putting that to use, right? So that's something I, I think about a lot. And, and I think that enthusiasm, like raising enthusiasm amongst people is my my biggest asset, hands down. Because um, I, for example, was something like Creative Mornings. When I started that lecture series, everyone told me, you're out of your mind. Um, doing a free se a breakfast series, not charging, um, trying to find venues that will host you for free. Um, and also at 8.30, no New Yorker will show up at 8.30. <laughs> but when I just like come in with my ball of enthusiasm, people eventually go like, yeah. Maybe she's on to something, right? So I just like swoop them over. So that really, I think, is my biggest asset. And so here's an interesting one that I thought about. Okay. Um, some people say confidence will do the same thing. And I disagree. Because confidence is impressive, right? Enthusiasm is infectious. Confidence is about yourself, and enthusiasm is about something else. I think that might get tweeted a few times if you yeah. said that one more time. It's confidence is about yourself. Yourself. Enthusiasm. enthusiasm is about something else. So enthusiasm is infectious and confidence is just impressive. Yes. But in the end of the day, infectious fun stuff wins over braggy about yourself stuff, right? That there's there's a bunch of nuggets in there for sure. And so that's basically the genesis of Creative Warnings, which I want to postpone that part of the conversation a little bit because I got a few things I want to get to before then. Um, the this infectious enthusiasm that you carry around with you, that's something I'm guessing you're sniffing when you're hiring designers and other creatives, photographers, illustrators. Mm -hmm. um, there's, is, do you seek that enthusiasm? Is it just raw talent or is it talent plus this desire to start extra projects? Or like, what's the cocktail that Swiss Miss looks for when she hires people? Because that's, again, I know that there's a huge population of creatives who are watching and that's mm -hmm. one of the things is how do I get my next job? How do I get better at my craft? I would say my cocktail is I look for self-starters. As I said, people that can start started things on their own in uh -huh. the past. Um, no ego, humility, um, excitement around making something meaningful. Um, and then just hustle. Hustle. Hustle is, I think, one of the most underrated qualities. I don't know that um, it's really unsexy to talk about hustle. Someone we've had on the show, Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know if you know Gary, he's like Mr. Hustle. That's one of the only things he talks about. Um, but it's clearly an important factor in all of the people that I know who mm -hmm. have um, gone on to, to do really um, exciting, impressive things. So um, I'll. 
File that, file that away. <laughs> so I do, like one of the things that you have uh, been widely noted about is ditching your clients. Now most people are hustling to get clients. She's the only person I know that hustled to fire everyone that was hiring her. So how, what, what's the story behind that? Because that's very, very different. That's people, <laughs> it's like I wanna make money by my trade and doing the things that I love mm -hmm. and then if you fire everybody, there's no one to pay you. So yeah. paint a picture for us at home here. Well, so I trained as a graphic designer and ever since I started working as a graphic designer, sort of my dream was always to have my own design studio, right? So that's sort of what you aspire to, I mm -hmm. guess, most. And uh, when I had when I was pregnant with my daughter, I mm -hmm. realized, wait a second, I've, I still don't run my own design studio. So I kind of said, oh, let's start it. So the day my daughter was born, I started my design studio because that was always my dream. Yes. So here I was, I had very prestigious clients. I had more clients that I could handle and I was chugging along and I realized I wasn't really happy. So then I got pregnant with my son three years later and I think that pregnancy thing induces like a lot of thinking in my head. And I, I realized, wait a second, I have my design studio that I always wanted, but I am really not happy. And then I realized that I am just not made for the service industry. Um, the, but disappointing someone, like if I, I literally pour everything into, like if somebody wants me to make their website, I will give it all. And I will make the product that I am, that the best product I can make and if then the client is still not happy, that crushes my soul. So I've realized there's people that are made for the service industry and have yeah. a thicker skin, and I am not that. And then I sort of looked at my life and I looked at what makes me happy and I realized it was these side projects that I literally just started sort of as a fun thing on the side and I, I thought maybe I can focus on them more and maybe they can turn into businesses and that's what I did. So my one year client sabbatical and my son was born. It's so ironic. I started my studio when my daughter was born and I went on the one year client sabbatical. It seems like you're doing everything backwards, which yeah. I love that, right? You're doing <laughs> yeah. everything, you're, wait, you, you have a design studio and then you take a year off to have your child, not you have a child and then you start your design studio. That's, that's backwards. But yeah. I love that, that there's a million paths these days to whatever it is you want to be. So we are taking your questions and I asked, there was a handful of questions early on in the, uh, in the live in studio audience and I asked people to hold off uh, until the broadcast started going. So I'm gonna go to you in just a second, but I, I, I'm gonna open with the floor with sort of what I think is a, a big-ish question. How do you, do what you love, is I've, I've heard you say it a lot. How do you know that you're doing what you or love? Or love what you do. Or love what you do. So what if you're, like, <laughs> you didn't love serving clients. So love what you do is, that's to, to me that's a tough proposition because me just telling you to love what you do when you're serving clients isn't really, that's not much of a, an opportunity or solution. So if the question is, do what, or the, the, the request is to do what you love and you will be happy, the question I get asked all the time and I've asked myself before is, how do you know if you're doing something that you love? Well, if you never have to think about, like, do I wanna do this? Like, I just, going to work, Getting up in the morning, like it, I know it sounds so cheesy, but to me, work and life—I I mean, to private my personal life and my work—it's all a blur. And I think that to me is a sign that I that I've found my sweet spot, right? Yeah, there's so I, I understand the idea of keeping your life separate from your work. I feel like what you just described totally um, is the picture that my life is as well. My my work, my professional, my personal life is all wound up to. To, into one thing, and I think that 
what a lot of people that I know uh, who are watching today are very much looking for courage to actually put a stake in the ground and saying and say I'm actually not happy in this mm -hmm. job that I'm doing. Can I just share a personal story with Please, my daughter? Please, that's the only reason you're ago? here in San Francisco. Yeah, so my do we, wait, do we want to hear a personal story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. There you go. Right now the whole internet's going. <laughs> yes. Well, um, so my personal goal is to I have two children, right? Four uh, Tilo is four and my my daughter Ella is eight. And my big goal is to raise them in a way that they will not settle for anything else than a job that they thoroughly love, right? So that's really important to me. And so on Mondays, I take my daughter out for dinner. We have a dinner date. And about three or four weeks ago, we're sitting there, and she's eight. And I sat there and I say, hey, Ella, do you actually know what I do at work all day? And she just very nonchalant just said, yeah, you sit at your computer and you laugh. <laughs> and then I said, I thought, wow, that's the best answer ever because it's true. And then I took a second and I said, well, wait, but do you mean as in I like what I do, I'm having fun? And she looked at me seriously annoyed and she goes, yeah, isn't that the whole point? Wow. Uh, guys, I did a little dance inside. Yeah, I was that's... like, this, this parenting thing is working. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that is, that's so inspirational to so many of us. And if we go back in history a little bit, when you started blogging, I think it was 2005, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, I was reading your stuff, and in 2006, I said, wow, I'm going to this site every day to get inspiration, and it's so design-centric, maybe I can start blogging and doing it on my own. And ironically, the other person who was really Im important to me in that regard was Craig Swanson, who's my co-founder here at Creative Live. Mm -hmm. He said, ah, oh, you should you know, talk about photography. And so the two of you guys combined to help me have a presence on the internet, which is definitively the reason I think we're sitting here today. So, the you, internet is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I was wondering if you wanted to. You did a wave at one of your things, right? Do you want to do the wave here? Yeah, you should do it. So, at, at my recent 99U talk, I have this amazing slide that my studio mate uh, um, friend, she's an illustrator, Jim Masari, made. It's like this animated GIF of it says "Yay, internet!" and there's cats and cosmos in the back, and <laughs> and and I just basically made the whole audience at 99U stand up and scream "Yay, internet!" Should we do that? Should we do that? Let's okay. do that. Okay. Is it a stand up too? Huh? We're yeah. standing up. Yeah, hold on. So here's I'm one gonna, other. I'm gonna take a photo of that. <laughs> are, you gonna, are you gonna be standing up when you're huh? saying it? When are you? Now these like guys a, gotta stand up because so I'm, they just, stand I'm just up. art directing. So they say, hey, <laughs> I'm nervous here. I'm nervous. So do they stand up? I love that and the then camera say, just yay swinging. internet or yeah. do they? Is it a one motion yay it's internet? It's like a standing? yay internet. Okay, so remember right. you have people close to your right and your left. And <laughs> I, like, like, oh, we killed four people today in the studio. No, um, and you folks at home in the internet, I, um, can we ask them to do it too? Yes. Is this the world? Yes. Is this the, this is the world is doing it? Yay, yes. internet. The internet is doing the largest internet wave in the history of the internet right yeah. now. I love this. Okay, right. so you want to count it down okay. now? What's, is, is, it, is it? You're so nervous. Is it one, two, it's three? It's all good. It's all good. Is it one, two, three? Yay? One, two, three, and then yay, internet. Okay. okay. I just right. want it to be your thing. I want to do it right. Yeah, it's so I'm adorable. I'm on freaking stage. <laughs> yeah. All right, we okay. got this. All right, one, two, three. Yeah! yeah. Woo! It works. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I love the internet. Ta-da! <laughs> Amazing. Woo! So, <sighs> I need a cigarette now. <laughs> um, so. Yay, yay, internet, that was amazing. Um, do we have any questions from the live in-studio in audience? That uh, You know, it's not every day you get to uh, sit in the room with someone like Tina, so please ask away. Again, I'm Chase, we're sitting here with Tina. If you're in the internet, 
feel free to ask a question. Hashtag CJ Live. Throw a quote in there. We'll give you a GoPro camera. Back to you, my good man. Hi. Yeah, I do have a question. Who you are too? Oh, I'm Daniel. Um, I'm, I'm actually a student studying computer science. Um, but just being a creative type, I guess, also with like um, uh, four four companies and four things that you're working on right now. How do you find the uh, focus to to focus on like one thing and not always be like tossed aside by one day waking up, oh, I have this idea, and then like getting lost in and you know constantly new ideas. Does that make sense? It yeah. does. It's a very real question. Well, I I don't allow myself to start anything new right now. <laughs> so that's, There's a moratorium on new stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that is not happening unless I drop something. It's like when I buy a new pair of shoes, one sh pair of shoes got to go. Um, but then again, I mean, it all comes down to having really good teams, and that's why I explained why I hire the way I hire is that people need to be very self-sufficient. I'm just really that. Like Ben Chestnut gave a really wonderful talk, Creative Mornings talk. He's the co-founder of Mailchimp, and in that there he explains he's like a bee that he's the CEO uh -huh. that sort of floats around in, in the company. It's a really great talk on how he runs his creative environment, and that's kind of how I feel right now. Is like while I'm still very hands-on, I'm also kind of like that bee that just sort of floats around, and and that's how I I am able to run these uh, these several companies. And then in some of them I'm more hands-on than in others, but does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, kind but, of. But I'm going to go one level deeper because I'm saying that's actually sort of a non-answer because there's a little bit. No disrespect, but there's a little bit. <laughs> it's it's hard to, like, it's hard to do four of the things that you have done well. So are you the like polymath supreme? Are you just like different than everybody else, or do you have some sort of a system? That you apply to, like, is it? Are there like a bunch of balls are in the air? And when one gets really low, you reach down and throw it back up in the air, yep. or do you do Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? The folks that have a lot of projects out there, they want to know how you do it. Yeah, um, yeah, the ball, the ball thing, that kind of is it. They're all working until one stops working, and then you catch it and throw it yeah. back up. No, but I mean, if you look at the four things I do, uh, creative mornings and tatly. Those are my main focuses. So when you say four, I think that's not really true. I would say I run two things. Because Studio Mates, the co-working space, kind of runs on its own. That's not really something that needs much of my attention. Okay. And then to do the to-do app I made, uh, we're a team. And I mean, we could work way more into to-do, but yep. we're not. If we poured more love and attention into it, it could blossom even more. Yep. But it's not really our main focus. So I think in the end of the day, I would say I'll work on two So projects. there are some prioritizations that are happening. Yeah. Again, I'm trying to give real concrete feedback. There are some prioritizations that are going on. And even if it's just two things, you're massaging or supporting both those in a way that's the best you can. And when one needs some love, you pour a little extra on there. Yes. And having good people around you is key. Yes. So can we talk a little bit more about the good people around you? Actually, any more questions from the in-studio audience? We'll take, oh, i got one up front here. Oh, we got two up front. All right, we'll try and get through a couple of these real quick, and then we'll go to the internets, because they got some questions of their own. <laughs> you good, my good man. Hi, Tina. I'm Zane. I run a software development agency uh, called Chillic Media. And I'm interested in knowing uh, what are some of your daily habits and rituals that you sort of follow to keep you creative and make sure that you're getting the things that you need to get done. I wish I had a really deep answer. <laughs> um, I come great to question. work. It's a great question. Uh, I come to work and I check in with my teams. And I mean, I really don't have a routine. I'm sorry. I wish I had like some magic answer that you guys can 
you know, sit down Replicate. and say like, this is what I'm gonna do. I have coffee and I check in with my teams. <laughs> and then whoever yells the loudest and needs my attention gets my attention. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> what about, are there any productivity tools or, or things that you use? Like what are some of the things that you rely on to help you stay organized and whatnot? Well, my app. Sorry, <laughs> no, I gotta plug good. my own app. Hey, well, I, I created a, a, I'm a list maker. I believe in lists. Um, so I created a, this app called Todo. Um, and it's like basically a calendar view. I have it as my browser window. It's like, it's like whenever I open a new browser window, which is all the time, it sort of hits me over the head what I need to get done. And the beauty of it is whatever you haven't done today, you didn't check off, rolls over to the next day so you don't have to write it down again. So it's very simple. If you like lists, you See, might. See, when you ask the next question, you actually, now you find out there's something under that. that it's, so it's to-do. It's to-do, yeah. I mean, without to-do, I'd be a complete mess. Free, downloaded on the internet, or 10 bucks, 20 um, bucks? used to be free. We unfortunately, we had to move it to a paid model. Uh -huh. So, but it's, I remember, the pricing? Oh, <laughs> nice. Say, I think it's two dollars a month, two ninety nine a month. Two ninety nine a month. Or there's a there's a skeptic and a believer mode. I love that. <laughs> my my um, partner Cameron came up with this. Like when you sign up, you can either be a skeptic and pay monthly or be a believer and pay yearly. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so I constantly get people come up to me, I'm a believer. I'm like, nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, T-E-U-X? T-E-U-X-D-E-U-X. Ta-da. Ta-da. We couldn't find a to-do URL, so we just have like, how do the French pronounce this? <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I don't want to upset any French. No. Um, but the beauty of it is there's a someday section where you can have, like in the bottom, where you can have multiple, you can customize the columns, the headers, and I just need to get stuff out of my head sometimes. Like it just, there's too much in here, yes. but by putting it into the to-do, I feel like I have a handle on things. You put it into the to-do, I like yeah. that. So. There's at least a little structure to the, the magic that happens. Any follow-up questions? Do you feel like you got everything you need? Yeah, just wanted to know what a typical day looks like for you. And, yeah. Coffee yeah. and to-do. Best answer ever. Uh, you mind passing that mic right across the hall there? T-E-U-X, D-E-U-X. Yeah, thank you. And we'll probably get some lower thirds going on. And Tell us who you are. I'm and Lisa. I'm a photographer. Yes. And um, I'm wondering, this is actually a little bit for both of you, what do you guys do to stay excited, inspired, Inst not on a daily basis? You answer for once. <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'm happy to answer because um, inspiration is, uh, is very, very important. And I take, I have two modes. I have like serious inspiration, and then there I have, which is almost looks and smells like research. And then I have uh, <laughs> like sort of daily inspiration. And that's, the, the, we took the daily one first. It's really loving what you do. I need to be energized and, and be excited to get in and come to work every day. And I've been spending a lot of time here at Creative Live since I took over as the CEO. And there's so much opportunity, so much pleasure, so much passion in the walls here in San Francisco and in the location in Seattle. Um, just that inspiration that you know, you know you're on the right path if when you wake up in the morning, it, even if the, sh the stuff, the shit is hard, but you actually want to get into it. And if you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, that stuff that's, that's hard is like, oh my God, I can't do this. You might want to think about something different because I can tell you the people that are on the right path, they wake up and if the, that, that thing that's hard is there to keep everybody else out, not to keep you out. So I, I wake up every day and I make sure I look myself in the mirror. I think Steve Jobs said this a couple times that 
if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and too many days in a row you're not happy, then you need to be doing something else. I just need to make sure that I'm doing it. So there's a daily inspiration of like, I like my life. And then there's the other stuff. I look at people like Tina, what she's doing. I put myself around great people. I'm uh, an extrovert by, you might not have not known that. <laughs> but, um, I put myself around amazing people. That's another thing that, that why my photography and creative community has been important. The creative live community, getting to work here in, in Silicon Valley and Seattle around the, some of the best and brightest. It's really, it's key to inspiration is putting yourself around other people who love what they do as much as you do. So those are my two um, check boxes and yours, my lady. Um, so your question was what keeps me inspired? Yeah. Like what do you do for inspiration? Yeah. Life? Well, there's the internet. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're just a somewhat curious person, um, life is just so interesting and inspiring. And, it, and it's what you said. Like, for example, the co-working space I created um, called Studio Mates, I am surrounded by some of the most talented, creative people I could ever dream of. Um, there's photographers, developers, illustrators, writers, you name it. So it's my daily little TED conference over lunch or just like being surrounded by people that are really really passionate and excited what they do about what they do um, that's just interesting right there like every conversation we have end up ends up being like this nugget that they drop you know things they work on so it's like surround yourself with really interesting creative people and just be curious about life yeah that, the Studio Mates thing is a great example that's one of the reasons that we have a physical audience here at Creative Live and on Chase Jarvis Live so that we're all internet friends, right? We're tweeting and Facebooking and all Instagramming back and forth, but we get to get together and hang out. We're gonna take some pictures after this. We're gonna have some coffee and mingle. There's this beautiful thing about people actually getting together. And then AIGASF, Design Week, you got John Maida here, you're here. You know, I mean, it's, a, it's full of amazing people coming together in physical proximity. So I think that's, that's a good dose of inspiration. I hope we got your question. Yeah. Awesome. Now I'm going to the internet so you guys pontificate in and around your next question because I'm not done with you all yet. The folks out on the internet want a couple of questions. This one at Swell Designs says, Brooklyn's all about the hustle. How much influence has the borough had on your career? Very good question there, How Swell much Designs. influence has Brooklyn had on my career? Yes. Okay, so I'm the unofficial ambassador of Brooklyn. Wow. So I make everyone move to Brooklyn that starts working for me. I usually ask, where do you live? And then if I don't live in Brooklyn, it's like, damn it. So, and then. <laughs> You're, are you collecting votes for the, huh? for the next election? Or no, 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 it's just like, I want to convince everyone to live in Brooklyn. I'm a big fan of Brooklyn. Um, I feel like I had to uh, grow up in Switzerland and then move to Manhattan for one year to then discover Brooklyn as my home. Um, I mean, Brooklyn, I don't know. I don't know if this question, it's just, there's lots of lots of interesting people in Brooklyn. It's For very sure. dense. It's very dense. So I think Something that like it would be the fifth me. largest city in the country if it was its own country. I think. Oh, but sorry. I mean, it's like it so literally. Fifth that was very very screwed up. What I just said. <laughs> fifth largest city in the country if it were its own city. When you're just have like every time I go to the playground and with my kids and I start talking with to someone with their kids, she qualified that. Yeah, right with the, the kids, not just myself. <laughs> I end up like meeting super interesting, creative people that you know do really cool stuff. So go Brooklyn. Go Brooklyn. I think that's a very um, astute, like uh, you know, shout out to Swell Design for recognizing that the place that you uh, live actually has some bear on the mindset, and it's not required, but 
Um, certainly, you know, my background here in San Francisco and specifically Seattle, music, all that stuff has been hugely influential for me. And I, like you, I'm a big fan of Brooklyn. At Sky820 wants to know how to differentiate between a superpower and an interest. What is the tipping point that transforms your interest into the superpower? Well, if you're really interested in something and you spend a lot of time thinking about that and doing that, you're probably going to get good at it and then it turns into your superpower. Got it. Can you have multiple superpowers? Yeah. Wow. I think so. Nice. That's good to know. <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm aspiring to multiple superpowers now. <laughs> I want to get into the meat of the matter on your actual companies because we've been dancing around them a little bit. We've referenced them. I kicked off this big fancy intro that said you had four and then halfway through the show you told me I only had two. So we're going to say... I'm not saying I only have two. I'm focusing more on two. You're focusing on two. So the two that you uh, decided not to focus on that actually, better way of putting it, run themselves is Studio Mates. So give us a debrief on that guy. What's Studio Mates? Studio Mates is a co-working space I started uh, seven years ago, I think. In Dumbo, in Brooklyn. Uh, In Dumbo, Brooklyn, which started out with one room, four people, and we've been continuously breaking down walls, and now we're 60. (laughs) 60 people? It's insane. Awesome. And generally speaking, that's just a co-working space where what you rent is a desk and what you get that's more than a desk is, it's sort of like a one plus one equals three, right? You get this community of like-minded people, or why don't you get, well, put it to me I in your own the, words? what makes Studio Mates really special, because I mean, now, every, I think the new thing is to run a co-working space. That's really, I feel like everyone is running one right now. Mm-hmm. And that's cool, because I, I believe in people, you know, there's so many more freelancers now, I believe in getting together in a room with other like-minded people is important. Uh, what I see, though, is that a lot of um, co-working spaces, um, they just, you rent a desk and then you just come in and sit wherever you want. Uh, to me, it's always been super important that you you have your domain, you have your desk, that is your area, and that people are really there. Like I always say when people are interested in a desk, I say like, you have to be part of this community, you have to be here. And if people don't show up, like for a month or two, I mean, sometimes, of course, you have a gig and you might travel, but sure. if you're generally not around, we will kick you out because we really want you to be part of the community and, you know, be there. Yeah, contributing. Like, you want to actually do something. Like, you can't yeah. just take. You need to be able to get, yeah. right? So that, I think that's what makes Studio Mates really amazing. And I, to be honest, I wouldn't have started these these companies if it wasn't for the tremendous support and respect I got from my Studio Mates. What was the, was the studio, was studio Mates the first thing that you started um, outside of? Yeah, I mean, I, I ran my design studio. Basically, it, it started out in Studio Mates. Got it. So Studio Mates Design Studio served a bunch of clients. Talk about getting sick of them and wanting to do something else. Because I think there's a lot of folks, um, there's love-hate, a double-edged sword, if you will, folks that clients for the people who have creative careers were freelancers that you just mentioned. They are the lifeblood for us because they pay our bills. They, we do work for them and they write us a check and then we put that check in the bank. You don't have any clients anymore. so. Tell the people that they the clients is just having clients is one option, and paint a picture for the rest of us of what other options look like. I feel like clients get a really bad rep right now. Yeah. I feel like that's not that's not what the picture picture I want to paint. Okay. I just realized self-aware that I am not made for the service industry. I am not the person to okay. have clients. For example, a Michael Beirut, a partner at Pentagram, gave an amazing talk on how he looks at the client service model and how he looks. I mean, if you have clients, look up the Creative Mornings Talk with Michael Beirut. Yes. It's the best thing ever. And when I heard that, I was like, 
Michael, you are made for service industry. Me, I'm not. Right. So let's not have give the clients okay, a bad rep. Cool. But what about folks that burn out? Like, um, well, I'll use myself as an example. Yeah. The the I used to try and have a lot of clients because it meant it was a, a rough aggregate of success for me because going from self-taught photographer to not having any clients to having someone to help me, you know, to give me work to pay my bills, that was a sign of something. Mm -hmm. And then over time, uh, sort of paralleled building an audience. I started to be able to rely a little bit less on them. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to have a balance or is it an all or none thing? It's all clients or no clients? Like No, I always advise people try to have like a um, sort of a passive income. I, I think the secret to a creative life, sort of the magic sauce, if you can build up a passive income in some sorts, like if you can sort of maybe sustain yourself with, let's say, 80% client project and maybe 20% you can spend on building an app or a service or whatever it is, sort of the, the former Google model. Uh -huh. I really believe that that's what I would aspire to if I would, I mean, I was very lucky that I had my blog uh -huh. that sort of created passive income very slowly and that's, um, that's why I was able to go on that one year client sabbatical. Um, so I would advise anyone who wants to potentially get out of it, try to like build up something that could start generating, you know, a product, a service, whatever that is. And passive income. You, did you read my cheat sheet? Because nope. passive income's in bold over there. I was going to get to that uh, later. Yeah, but you told I, me not to look over there. <laughs> <okay>. So I'm. Deep secrets revealed. Well, that's. I think that's fantastic advice. So it, let me go linearly. Studio mates, co-working. That would offset the office costs and the studio costs. Then you had a design firm that you grew and were working for clients. Got tired of that. Started creating some passive income with your blog. And then you had a couple of other projects that started creating some passive income. When did To Do come along relative to Tatley? To Do came to very early after I started the Studio Mates co-working space because okay. it came out of a lunch conversation with my studio mate Cameron Cozon, mm -hmm. uh, where I, I walked over to the lunch area and I saw him work on a To Do app that I really don't like. And I said, can you tell me, like, what do you like about this app? So we went into this epic lunch conversation around to-do apps. And I was sitting there very passionately, like, sketching out, like, this is what I need, but every, everything has put too many bells and whistles. Next thing you know, he says, he said, Tina, you design it, I'll build it. And, like, literally 48 hours, we had a working prototype. So to-do came out of Studio Mates. Wow. So, again, that's just a great, I think, example of the model. You put yourself around inspiring creative people who are getting after it, and you have an idea, they latched onto your idea, you guys built something. And actually, there's the part of actually making it, too. There's not just pontificating and hand-waving and smiling about it. There's actually an application of, I'm going to do this shit, and doing it. And mm -hmm. 48 hours later, to do. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to say ta-da, but sorry. <laughs> but that... Is that in a nutshell? Is it that simple? And you uploaded it to the uh, to the iTunes. Yeah, store? I mean, we no, actually, we didn't make the app yet. We made a it was browser based because okay. I believed in we we all live in the browser, and I needed something as my landing page that constantly hits me over the head when I open a browser window. Mm -hmm. What I actually should get done. Yep. So we had just had it as a browser uh, as a, as a site and. Uh, we just used it internally. We never expected it to open it up to the public. But people that kept walking in, because we all had it as our landing pages, they're like, what is this? What is this? So we were hand coding people in. And eventually, I was like, come on, Cameron. Just make a simple marketing site, and let's just give it away. So that was in December of 2010, I believe. And we launched it. I, I wrote about it on Swissmas. And I said, Here, here's a to-do app that we built for ourselves. You can use it. And then I remember like an hour later, I look over to Cameron, and he's like pale. <laughs> and he, I see him looking at stats, and he just looks at me and goes like, oh my god, the internet was imploding on us. <laughs> and then I did some research, and 
um, all the big people picked it up and shared it. And <laughs> this is so funny. We launched it in December of 2010. Okay. We just made the cut for being the best to do app of 2010 because a fast company wrote a blog post about it two hours later. Best to do up in 2010. We're like, maybe Don't expect success quite that fast. <laughs> Just two hours is a little bit narrow for the rest of us, but congratulations. And what's really adorable is that for some reason the church world has picked it up. I think priests and nuns are really into lists. And. <laughs> And the, the thing that's so adorable is so we made this app for ourselves, right? And then actually we built, shortly after, we built an actual uh, iPhone app. And again, we never looked at this as a business. This was a tool that we built for ourselves. Uh -huh. So we had very silly alerts. For example, because <laughs> Cameron is hilarious. Like even his videos are just so funny. And for example, one of the alerts when you had no Wi-Fi, no internet connection was like, danger, danger, high voltage. It was just <laughs> funny. So we got this adorable email from a nun saying, I just got this iPod touch and it needs to last for a long time. And I'm really worried whenever I get this message, is it gonna affect my iPod touch? <laughs> and I was like, oh God, oh God, this is what happens when you make a product that people use. You need to be kind of, to think of everything, even yeah. nuns that are afraid of electricity. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, actually, you brought up something that I think resonated uh, deeply with me, and I've had some <coughs> success in thinking this way, and that's scratching your own itch. For the folks out there that are thinking about doing something entrepreneurial, um, I created an iPhone app called Best Camera, which is the first iPhone app that shared images to social networks. Ended up being. Um, that whole thing kind of caught on. I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but um, the the idea was I was using like ten apps. I would create this is back pre iPhone or iPhone one. You take a picture and then you have to use the Facebook app, the Twitter app, the Blogger app, the WordPress app, that just to get a photo out there. And in doing so, I was like, that is just a pain in the ass. How can we do it so you just touch one button and it goes to all the services and the thing that I learned more than the trajectory of the app and the success there was that scratching your own itch, that if you have a problem in the same way that Tina had a, a list problem, can I call it a list problem? I don't know. <laughs> she had a like, thing to do list that was uh, something that she needed that wasn't out there. If you build it, the chances are that there are tens or hundreds or millions of people that have that same issue. So when you're thinking about what entrepreneurial projects to pick up, living proof that you can break the internet with your to-do list by scratching your own itch. Yep. All right, so check, that is to-do. Yep. And now I want to move on to the thing that's next in line, Where which is... Where I'm going is, to touch you? <laughs> this, is, this is the internet right here. It can be used for good or evil. We'll, we'll find out what it's about to be used for. Um, yes, please touch me. Um, no, so we're going to talk about Tatley. Yeah, I've and, been waiting and, for this moment. <laughs> and, um, so tell us about Tatley. Um, so Tatley is a temporary tattoo company. A design we're pointing at the table, but no one in the world yeah. knows what we're it's, doing uh, Why we're pointing at the table. We're pointing at the table because there are Tatley tats. Yeah, so Tatley is a designy temporary tattoo company that started in 2000 and. Ten. Um, and it started. It all started when my daughter once again came home from a birthday party. And for those of you that have kids, you know, birthday parties I mean kids come home with goodie bags, and there were these really hideous, annoying temporary tattoos in them that she asked me to apply on her. And they were such an insult to my Swiss aesthetic. And, <laughs> and I have this personal rule that if I keep 
repeatedly complaining about something, I need to either do something about it or let it go. And I realized that, come on, Tina, you need to stop complaining about this. And then I thought for a second, so wait a second, it can't be that hard to produce temporary tattoos. I, I can make websites. I have lots of illustrator friends. Let's just make a cool site with cool tattoos. And then I fixed this problem, right? Yes. And two months later, fast forward, we launched Tatley. Adorable 16 designs, was just friends of mine that um, made some designs. and Just friends like Stefan Sagmeister? No, he just, he just came on a few weeks ago. Okay, no, but, okay. but I mean, again, I just had to turn around in my co-working space. Like, it was that easy for me when you're surrounded by creative people, right? And so two months later, I launched it, and he was, this is again the yay internet moment where, mm -hmm. you know, I blogged about it, and then literally a few minutes later, we're standing there next to the printer, and there's these orders coming in. I was like, this, this internet thing is magic. <laughs> so... <laughs> And then orders from around the world, not just like down, just, you know, it's just, wow, I'm, I'm in business. So we started shipping uh, tattoos. And then the next day, I got a call from a very prestigious uh, museum store in London. <laughs> I will never forget this moment in my life. And I pick up, and they said, hello, nice can, we, can we have a wholesale catalog? And <laughs> I was just like, absolutely. I took their info, hung up, and I remember I turned around. I was like, hey, guys, what, what is a wholesale catalog? <laughs> So I called my friends who make products, and they got me up to speed. I was like, Tina, you need packaging, and you need to, you know. So I made a wholesale catalog. And now we're in stores around the world. And I must say, my personal highlight was when uh, last year we got into the MoMA store. And wow. I, I admit, I went to the MoMA store in Spring Street, and I creepingly stood there for about an hour just going, I have a product in the whole store because I was never I set up. I love that store. Right? Yeah, and, and, and actually my first boss, Matthew, he, was, he has his product in there too, so I could totally relate to, to you know, that feeling. I was like, wow, I was never set out to make a product that's going to be in a store. But you scratched your own itch, right? Yeah, you yeah. saw hideous tattoos that misaligned with your Swiss aesthetic, and you made your own. You, yeah. you uh, followed your second rule, which is you can't complain, you have to fix it. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing about Tatley is, and again, I, I think there's beauty in starting something as a side project and not looking at it as a, as a business. Because when you start something under the premise of you a side project. You should be taking notes right now. When you start something out under the premise of a side project, you sort of have a different set of rules. You are more willing to experiment. You're, you're not as afraid of failing because there's nothing to fail at because you're just trying something, right? And you don't make decisions around money. To me, what I've learned is I've never put making money first with any of these projects. It was really just the pure, like, what do I want to fix? What is it? What is the problem that I want to solve? And, and sometimes it's just pure passion for something. It's not the money component, but interestingly enough, I think the universe sends you a head nod when they think you need to continue working on that because money, in some sense, then comes on its own. I have the same experience. The app, Creative Live, yeah. it's like I wanted to solve that problem because when I turned, there was no creative education. Once you're in higher education, you look yeah. around, it's really hard to go back to school. And I in the end of the day, more. I believe, when you do something from a very pure and authentic place, where again, you don't set out to just, this will make me tons of money, there's a different, there's a different energy around it. And people respond to that. And I feel like at this day and age, where at all times you're being pitched something, there's always a catch. When there is not, people actually go like, whoa, that's kind of refreshing. So There's no catch. There's no catch. Now, speaking of tats. Should we put one on? Would you guys yeah. like it if she put one on my body? All right. <laughs> so we All right. were discussing this earlier, if it would be, where, where on my body would be a good place to put this tat. 
And the traditional place would be here, but we're neither of us are very traditional. And I like the sort of prison thug neck tattoo look. <laughs> so she said, wouldn't it be awkward if I'm like, and actually that's kind of what we're going for. We're going okay, for awkward. Okay, we're so going for awkward. Neck right tat coming my okay. way. And okay, it's a very on. manly neck tat like a bird. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me just see. I want to see yeah, how yeah. does the bird does mm -hmm. the bird fly up? Mm -hmm. Flies up. Right? Always okay. up, yes. Okay, all right. All right, wet sponge. Is this gonna Hold hurt? On. Is this gonna hurt? <laughs> Hold on. This kind of feels good, actually. Can you do the rest of them? <laughs> Can I have these all over my body? <laughs> okay. He promised me he didn't moisturize there this morning. No. Because if he did, it's not going to stick. So let's see. Ta-da! Isn't that cool? Does <laughs> it. Nice. Looks good. Yeah. So how long is this going to stand? Three weeks? Four weeks? Uh, between two and five days, as long as you don't moisturize it. You I can shower and soap is all good. Just no, no moisturizing. No moisturizing, and I got a bird on my neck now. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so can I have this hustle one too? Can you yes. do this as yes. a hustle one? I love this. No, we're maybe, gonna sleep you up. Maybe we do this here. I'll think. Uh, by, by the end of the show, I'm gonna have a big sleeve. <laughs> um, so, you know, actually, I have, can... a, I have a good story around that. Okay. So whenever we go to when we have trade shows, mm -hmm. I, I learned my job is because I can't I can't close a sale for the life of me. I'm just not a salesperson. <laughs> but I'm buying again, everything right now. I don't <laughs> but I can get them into the booth, and I can get them so fired up that they're gonna place an order with some one of my Tatley people, right? So I I learned that the more sleeved up I am, standing outside of the booth, the more likely people are gonna notice. So I always. Um, on um, trade show mornings, I stand in the kitchen and I puzzle piece my arm together, literally sleeved up. And here, my daughter, a year ago, came in and watched me in the kitchen. She goes, Mommy, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting ready for work. And she's like, I want your job. So, <laughs> so anyway, the, the first day at a trade show where I sleeved up like that, I walk home and I go into the subway and there's a really big guy sitting there and he had real sleeves. And I walk in and I could see like he just caught me a little bit. So he looks up and he gives me the head nod. And, <laughs> but then I think it started computing. You know, I have carrots and lollipops and whatever. <laughs> and, and then he looks at me and he goes, oh, I was like, oh, damn it. For like a split second, I was part of his tribe. But I don't know if you, can, if you could zoom in on that guy right there. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much. And tell us a little bit more about, ta first of all, T-A-T-T-L-Y.com. Yep. Yeah. Right? That's where yep. they go. And, and what is, so you got these packs, you got individual thingies. I don't know if, like, yeah. talk. So the, the beautiful thing about Tatley and what, what I am very proud of is, like, obviously, I will not save the world of temporary tattoos, right? So, but there's a few things I can do to make the world a little better by running this business. And, um, for example, they're made in the U.S. I will, I don't understand why just to make more profits, we need to move stuff overseas. I just don't get it. There's people that need jobs here. There's really capable manufacturers, so I will not let go of that. Um, the artists get a really, really generous cup, cut of every single sale, which get, goes into my, my belief that you need to have passive income. Yeah. Um, so I get a lot of exclamation point emails every three months when we pay out artist commission, which is really cool. Um, can I maybe do one with you, like some sort of photography thing? Yeah, maybe? we do a lot of custom. Okay, that'd be cool. Uh, we work with really cool brands now to do custom stuff. And um, and the, the other thing as well is um, uh, there's little things like I want to make something I love for people that love it. Right. So there needs to be a lot of That's love. So, in so tweetable <laughs> right there. That's not even funny. <laughs> um, and Gosh. when I when I started it and looked into fulfillment houses, I would do the fulfilling is usually the biggest pain, right? But the problem is when you use a fulfillment house, they usually wouldn't 
it doesn't make sense to use them if it's below $15, like you order. Yep. But it's really important to me that we have a $5 order. You can order one design, you get two of them for $5, and it's shipped. the shipping is included in the US. It's really important to me that people that don't have big budgets can place an order for $5. Yeah. And then we put a, so the reason was that we had to keep it in-house. That was the reason. I was like, okay, I can't go to a fulfillment house. But then I realized, if you really care about something in your company, you need to keep it in-house. That's something I've learned. And now we, we very much to some of my, uh, to the dismay of some of my <laughs> Tatley team members, I just insist on using real stamps. So we put like really cool designy like rubber stamps on it, but then we use real stamps when we mail them out. And what happens is people receive their orders and it looks like a friend shipped you something. It's not just this pre printed label, while a lot of people might not pay attention to this, there's a lot of people that do and that appreciate it and Instagram about it. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a friend sent you something, like there's a real human touch. And I feel there's not enough of that these days. So there's little things like that that make me really happy. That's serious. I love that. The human, the human component is so, so important. That's my, one of my favorite things about the world of design, that that actually matters. Mm -hmm. that the, the care and, and everything actually matters. Um, so you have, you, you referenced your Swiss roots, which made me want to, I thought about something. My parents said, oh, my parents are also fans. Mm -hmm. And I got a FedEx. Oh, cute. Yes, I got a FedEx this morning mm -hmm. um, from my mother and father, who are f certainly watching, Steve and Joy, and they sent me something. Can you toss that up here? And this is to wish, this is the Swiss. Wow. <laughs> it's a Swiss hat, so it's so by to, whereby to wish the um, the World Cup team good luck. So I'll temporarily wear this for a short while. <laughs> oh my God! All the people in Switzerland are gonna be so proud of yes. you. Yes. Right so hopefully I'm impressing your. What did you say? It was your watching. Your mother is watching. Yeah, my thing? family I think is watching, and then lots yes, of my friends. So look how Swiss I am. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I taught him a Swiss German word. I'm totally gonna put him on the spot right now. Can you? Huchichestli. Huchichestli. There's like entire Switzerland is cheering right yes. now. <laughs> Can we say it again? Huhi Hesli. Yeah, that's good. And now tell her what it, tell tell them what it means. It's like if you ask any Swiss German to teach you a Swiss German word, they will teach you this one because it has a lot of, a lot of the sounds. Oh yeah, I noticed. It means kitchen cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly enough, my husband is a kitchen designer. That was pretty funny. So there you go. That's my Swiss German lesson for the day. Yeah. Hesli. Huhi Hesli. She's got it on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll continue to represent Switzerland as best I can. The internet's going nuts again. I got to go ask you a few more questions from those folks at Culinary Fool. Hi, Brenda. I know Culinary Fool. Uh, how do you structure your partnerships with these quick little startups? Like, what is it? What's the business arrangement there? Um, so here's lesson learned. Uh, <laughs> I'm very lucky that, for example, to do Cameron um, and his teams. Like when we started it. Again, it was never set out to be a company. Um, so it was just a very loosey-goosey, kind of like, they just built this. Uh, fast forward now, I would not do that again. Even if you start something as a side project, I would say, sit down and just say, hey, in case this catches on, let's just be very clear, like, we're founders, right? Like, here's who has as many rights. And I don't say you have to go crazy and have a lawyer, but maybe just write it down sure. so that there's no uh, misunderstandings afterwards. But um, so with, with Todo, we just have equal partnership. Um, uh, and then Tatley is my own awesome. and Creative Morning. And it's just, I mean, just be aware sure. of when you start something with someone yes. that you maybe discuss it briefly. That's great advice, great advice. At Lori's World, 
passive income, RE passive income, how did you create that passive income around your blog? Because that, you know, that's a big thing. People don't really know how to monetize that. Again, it happened extremely organically and almost eerily, the timing. Um, I just kept the blog up for myself, sort of a visual archive. This was pre-printed, pre-Tumblr. Realized pretty quickly that people are reading it. And, and then when I was set out to, when I had my daughter and I couldn't work from home anymore because then Annie was at home with the baby, I started looking at renting a desk. Um, this is before I had the idea for a studio mates. And I, I remember walking around, you know, I just had to get used to the cost of having a nanny, which is huge. Um, and then I was like, oh man, and I have to now also have a, a desk rental, you know? Yep. Um, and I was a bit worried, so I looked at a few desks in Dumbo, and then remember I went to Starbucks around the corner, I sat down, I was like, man, just like, can I do this, can I not? And boom, I get an email from Jim Kudal of the Deck Network. Um, wow. And he goes, hey Tina, we would like to take you on into the Deck Network, and uh, this is how much we can pay you. And it was exactly the amount that I needed for a desk rental. And it was like the universe sending me, telling me, like, you get that desk, right? Absolutely. And so that happened very organically. And again, I, it's just somehow, somehow it's magical. I think when you're really doing something with all your heart. Sure, you're putting it out in the world. The world can smell it. They can feel it. Yeah. No question about it. Last question from the internet for the time being. D underscore Castillo. <laughs> Have you noticed any of the single Creative Morning themes that infect the community the most? I want to evolve the conversation to Creative Mornings here. So let's just, before we go right in there, Creative Mornings is? Creative Mornings is a breakfast lecture series that's for free that I started in New York City out of the sheer need. I saw a need for the creative community to get together on a regular basis for free in the morning. Um, and it has caught on and we're now in 84 cities and growing around the world. How many countries is that? It's over 30, I think. That's serious business. So, the understore Castillo, Castillo wants to know, like, you, you, each one of those are monthly themes. So you put a theme up, and then all of the chapters around the world explore that theme, and they have a guest speaker. I have been lucky enough to you should watch his talk. be it's really asked good. to be a, a Creative Mornings speaker up in Seattle, and did that. That was super fun. But talk to D. Castillo. Tell him what... Uh, so the themes, by the way, are not picked by headquarter. It's picked by seniority of when the hosts came on, which is really interesting. So it's bottom up. Uh -huh. um, which theme has caught on the most? Yeah. I don't know. Is it sex? Yeah, actually, that's an interesting one. So <laughs> one chapter picked sex. Oh, actually, no, they were like birds and bees or sex. And then we sort of asked, and this is so interesting when you run a multicultural organization, um, we sort of asked, hey, guys, should we call it birds and bees? And so many came back, it's like, what do you mean? What is that? It's like, oh, it doesn't translate. You know, certain <laughs> cultures, birds and bees doesn't translate. Right. So we realized we just have to flat out use Sounds the like word sex. Sounds like snakes and wasps. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I think sex was the most controversial, uh -huh. I would say, and but also the most interesting in how the hosts interpreted the theme and picked their speakers around creativity. So I'm not sure I, this was a great answer, but no, that's, no, all, that's, that's all I got. But I love <laughs> the alignment of Creative Live that anyone in the world can come and get free creative education from the world's best, standing on this stage and other stages, and how it aligns with Creative Mornings. And you can go for free to attend a breakfast lecture from some of the greatest creative minds. I, I, I love the alignment there. And what you've built is is game-changing, and the fact that it's based on largely volunteer effort. Um, can you talk about how you built it? Give us a little um, backstory, because that's a that's remarkable. Well, again, it, it never is. I never intended it to be 
beyond New York City. But then I had uh, a friend ask me in Zurich if he can start a chapter. I was like, that's, you know, on brand. I'm yep. from Switzerland. I was like, yeah, sure. And then that's a month later, yeah, there we go. Sorry. A month later, uh, my friend too. John, who moved to LA, was like, come on, let me run it too. And the next thing you know, is like I get inquiries from around the world. And it was an interesting moment because I, I am, you know, as a, as a user interface designer, I was like obsessed with every pixel being perfect. And that also kind of translated into like when I was asked, can, can I run this in my city? It, there was a lot of letting go that I had to work on. Yes. Um, and what, you? Letting yeah, go? <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the beauty of it is um, that in the end of the day, when you trust people, trust is the biggest compliment of all, right? So when you talk to these hosts, potential hosts, and they, they win you over, you, you get a sense they're, they, can hand, they can do this and they can do a great job. And once you let go and you trust them with your baby, they will over deliver. They oh, will, that's, they will, that's beautiful. and that's what happened. I mean, uh, I feel like um, Creative Mornings is an example of how trust breeds magic. This is, is way beyond me at this point. This is net, I've never imagined it to be what it is today. And it all came down to us headquarters trusting these hosts. And, and they're actually kicking our butt. Like we had to step out our game in New York. It's yeah. like, damn, we call it flair. Every month we see the photos come in and we call it the flair. That's just the love they pour, these hosts pour uh -huh. into um, uh, into these events. And like, you know, it's just like logos on cupcakes, like Creative Mornings logos on cupcakes. I was like, damn guys, we gotta step it up. Or <laughs> these guys in Barcelona made this ginormous Creative Mornings logo sign and walked around with it in the city. I think we've got a photos. graphic from Berlin of just a completely packed house in Berlin. Yeah. So you've already referenced Berlin and Barcelona, New York, and is it competitive between the? No, that's the beauty of it. It's not, and I'm, I'm super excited that we're actually for the first time ever getting all of the hosts into one room. So we're organizing the first summit. I mean, the, fir the, the, the reason why I started Creative Mornings is because I believe that real connections are made in person and not behind a screen. So the magic of meeting up. And now we're creating that with our hosts. And I am already preparing to be a total basket case because <laughs> these are really extraordinary people that run Creative Mornings, and it's a very, respectful and loving. I mean, Creative Mornings is all heart. For sure. It really is. You can feel it. Yeah. Um, let's, what's the coordinates? You got at Creative Mornings, creativemornings.com. It's actually at Creative Morning, because it's just one letter too long for Twitter. Isn't that annoying? <laughs> <laughs> but that's brilliant. So that's, uh, I asked I like... Twitter, actually, if they could change that rule. They were just like, God. <laughs> 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 but I love that you asked. Well, you can always ask. You can always ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a little request I want to put into the Twitter, <laughs> yeah. the Twitter people. Um, the Twitter handling. So at Creative Morning. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, at To Do, we already spelled that a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. You're at Swiss Miss. Yeah. Swiss Dash. Miss. Miss, no, swiss-miss.com is the URL. Yes. But, oh, yeah, are you talking... I'm talking you, all over the place. Yeah, yeah you're now you're confusing people, because it's at Creative Morning on Twitter. I'll let her talk. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> To-do! No, it's at Creative Morning on Twitter, but it's creativemornings.com. Got it. Yeah. And then uh, you Swiss-miss.com, but swiss-miss on Twitter, without and, a hyphen. And Instagram? Swiss-miss also. Got it. Yeah. Um, I'm Chase Jarvis, just my name, and you can find me on the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Before we break, uh, again, I want to say a huge thanks. There, we've had some contests that have been going on. We've had people tweeting like Matt. I'm looking at the Twitter feed up here on my magic screen. Um, the winner of this contest, who's been quoting Tina like crazy, is at Orange Photo, who wins that GoPro right there. Send an email to production at chasejarvis.com, and we will put that thing in the mail and send it to you at Orange Photo. Um, 
Again, we're here on the Creative Live Network. If this dose of inspiration has made you want to take some classes, you can do that right here at creativelive.com. Um, huge shout out to Borrow Lenses, to the folks at Creative Live, and AIGA. I'd love another round of applause quickly for the AIGASF. You guys design week has really got, it's got it going on. And people can put on tattoos. What's that? People should stay and we can put on some tattoos. If, if you guys all stick around after the show, we will have a tattoo party. I don't know what that sounds like if you're on the internet, but we're gonna stay, we're gonna have this room, is this gonna be a tat fest? Um, gosh, and then right now, live on other channels, right, right here in San Francisco and up in Seattle, where there's creative composition with Susan Stripling, painting Photoshop with Jack Davis, Adobe Creative Apps Starter Kit. Metal songwriting is going on right now on Creative Lives. What? It's I Love Me. Uh, and A Handmade Business with Kyrie Chapin and 25 Ways to Jumpstart Your Business with Barry Moltz is right next door. So if you folks on the internet are inspired, you can go learn some stuff. And I cannot thank you for the tattoos enough. <laughs> and I'm a huge, huge fan thank and you, always indebted to you. Thank you for teaching me Swiss German and <laughs> keep inspiring us. Likewise. The internet loves you. Oh. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Tina Roth Eisenberg. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say, A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there, as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this. Also, uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platforms. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.